Well, as I uh, wrote in our weekly uh, newsletter last th this last Thursday, the area around Crete, Colorado is spectacular, especially during the off-season. It's, it's very quiet and beautiful. And not long ago, I was fly fishing on a creek in that area just for the day, and the air was warm but not so hot. And the water levels were somewhat low, meaning that typical spots to fish with ease were nowhere to be found. And to fish on that particular day meant finding hard-to-find deep pools surrounded by rocks and brush and weeds and trees. Fishing conditions were quite challenging because casting required getting one's fly into a place in which fishing lines could easily become tangled or snagged. At least that was the case for me. Well, after a few hours in which I had had some success, along with having to deal with knotted lines, I sat down on a rock near the stream's edge. And as the Colorado sun warmed me and I listened to the water, it struck me that my time fishing represented much of what I've experienced in life. The most productive fishing that day happened in the most challenging places. The spots on the river in which fishing would be easy, there were no fish to be found. So it's been in my life, so to speak. Those passages of relative ease, while enjoyable and wonderful, haven't generally yielded much in terms of life lessons or opportunities to expose things that I needed to work on. Conversely, the most difficult and challenging times in life have shaped who I've become, taught me much about myself, strengthened my dependence upon God, and made it clear how much I need people. Sure, you can learn to fish in waters in which it's easy to catch fish, but if you truly want to grow as a fly fisherman, it's the hard and at times seemingly impossible places to fish that teach a person the most. Again, so it is in life, I believe. While I have not particularly enjoyed hard times, to say the least, as I reflect back on my life, I am who I am because of what I have endured. And I would not trade what I have learned through such experiences. And although recognizing such things can be difficult while we're in the middle of a tough time, I believe if we look back upon our lives, we will find the best, the most resilient parts of who we are are in place precisely because of what we have gone through. And this truth, I pray, can offer each of us not only solace but hope when we're in the thick of it. And I hope we can remind ourselves of the upsides, of the downsides, when they happen. Now in Scripture, we find story after story that illustrates that it was the tough stuff, the things that people would not have chosen to have happened to them, that shaped some of the most amazing people to become what they became in astonishing ways. And so for a few moments, let's take a look at just a few such stories. In the book of Numbers, which Estelle read this morning, we find a story that is often overlooked. And in it we hear about five daughters of a fellow named Zelophehad. The daughters' names were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Tirzah. Now, Zelophehad and his daughters were part of the massive group of people traveling across the wilderness on their way to the Promised Land after fleeing from Egypt. Remember that these people had just escaped enslavement in Egypt under Moses' leadership, and they certainly had been through hell itself. 
Well, as we know, the time in the wilderness was arduous, filled with struggle, uncertainty, and events that caused many people to question whether they would ever make it to the promised land. And things even got so hard that some people wondered if God was around at all. Well, it is at this time, in the midst of this time, in our reading today, that we learn that a man named Zelophehad, who was in the wilderness with his daughters, died out in the wilderness for reasons not made explicitly clear. And when he died, he died without any living male heirs, leaving his daughters out on a limb. In those days, women had no rights. And in the midst of their grief, however, the sisters did something quite courageous. They went to Moses and other male leaders and made their case that they should be able to inherit whatever their deceased father had. At the time, any inheritance went to sons, not daughters. So the daughters were challenging a long-held tradition. It was a very bold move on their part. And my hunch is, as I've thought about this story and what they'd gone through before this time described in this story, is that the five sisters were equipped to do what they did precisely because of the tough, tough times they had been through. Enslavement, wandering around a desert, painful times, only basic needs being met, supernatural events that likely perplexed them. Such things over time shaped who these sisters were. They were molded by what they endured. Living through the times they went through made them resilient. Had life been easy street, they would not have been who they became. And as a result, they challenged a bad way of doing things, and they experienced the upsides of the downsides. But there are many other stories of people becoming who they were because of what they went through. Take a, a man named Gideon, for example, who's described in the book of Judges. Before there were kings in Israel, there were people known as judges. Things had become such a mess that God knew that male and female leaders, judges, were needed. And a variety of people rose to this level of leadership, including Gideon himself. And we learn in the book of Judges that things were terrible in Israel. There was a group of people at the time of Gideon called the Midianites. They were vicious. They were so cruel that the Israelites had to hide in caves in the mountains. And whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites destroyed them. They left nothing for the Israelites to eat. Things were horrendous. Well, it's in the midst of this time that an angel shows up. And upon seeing the angel, that the angel approached a fellow named Gideon, it's upon seeing the angel that Gideon asked, why are things so terrible right now? Where is God in all of this? Does God even exist? And the angel doesn't answer Gideon's question. Instead, God tells Gideon that he, Gideon himself, will rescue his fellow Israelites from the Midianites. And Gideon responds by saying, in essence, well, what? My family is the least important around. And, and I'm the runt of the family. I'm the least important. What can I do? How can I do what you're asking me to do? He's afraid. He's scared to death. He then gets into some back-and-forth back dialogue with God, asking God to give him a sign that he can actually do what God's asking him to do. Well, as the story goes on and on and on, Gideon rose to the occasion. 
and boldly, and day by day, he did what was necessary with a lot of help from people and from God. The bottom line, the really tough, difficult, challenging time that Gideon went through shaped who Gideon became. He not only liberated the people of Israel, but there was peace in the land for 40 years because of Gideon's actions and the character that he acquired through hardship. Gideon, too, learned the upsides of the downsides. One more story from Scripture. It's a well-known story, but I'm going to tell it in a bit of a different way. Picture this. You have 11 siblings. Your dad adores you and places you on a pedestal. He thinks you're the best of all the siblings, and you're his favorite. Your dad gives you great gifts. Life is good, really good. And you begin to think that life is what it is because of who you are, and you deserve it. Whatever you want, you get. There really is only one problem, though, in life. Your siblings all despise you. Not only are they jealous, but they believe you have an ego bigger than the moon itself. Yet all of this does not bother you very much because you remain your dad's favorite along with all the privileges it brings. But then it happens. You go out to see your siblings who are out in some fields, and when you get to where they are, they violently throw you down a well. There's talk of killing you. They hate you. You're scared to death and bumped and bruised from being tossed down into the dark well, and there you sit. But suddenly you're pulled up out of the well, and when you look around, things don't look very promising. There standing next to the well is a strange group of people you've never seen before. They tie you up and take you to a foreign country. You realize your siblings sold you off. Well, eventually you reach Egypt, and at first things are really tough, but over time you begin to get your act together and things are okay. But then one day you're accused of something you did not do, and you end up spending years in prison. And while in prison, something within you stirs and you begin to take things a day at a time. Your inner strengths begin to rise to the surface. Who you are down deep and who you were meant to be comes out of your depths. What you have been through begins to shape what you are becoming. This, of course, is the story of Joseph, who was sold by his brothers into slavery, went through hell, yet ended up basically saving not only his family, but the Egyptians. Joseph changed history, and he was able to do so because of who he was. And he never would have known what he was had he not gone through some really difficult stuff. Joseph's life was all about the upsides of the downsides. And there are countless, countless other stories just like the ones I have shared As I think about my own life journey, especially about all the downside times, I realize that many upsides have been the result, and I'm confident that if you think about it, that this is likely the case for each of you. Aren't some of the best parts of who you are the result of what you've had to go through? Aren't some of your strengths in place 
because of what you've had to endure? Aren't some of the things that make you uniquely you present because you've been through the downsides? And think about the kinds of things that come from really tough stuff. For example, the ability to be empathic comes from having experienced pain. The seeds of compassion are planted when we are hurting. Our mistakes and misdeeds can foster a forgiving heart. Our failures in times of not measuring up can breed a spirit of encouragement and encouraging others. Being misunderstood can bring about the ability to listen, to really listen to other people. Failure can grow a humble spirit. Having to overcome can develop resilience. Having to endure something that goes on and on and on and on might be just what it is that teaches us patience in life. Living through times without answers can make us more comfortable living without them. Needing other people to make it through can catapult us into being a better friend who shows up for others. God's silence might just be what is needed to cause us to seek God with greater fervor. Being let down can remind us the importance of keeping the commitments we have made. Going through a time of mistrust can make us more attentive to how to become more trustworthy. And is it not the hard times that break our hearts in part that teach us how to love the way that God wants us to love? And the list goes on and on and on. And none of what I'm saying today, however, none of it is to suggest that God wants all of us to say, gee, I am so thrilled things are hard right now. That's not the point. But the fact that there are often many upsides to the downsides might just be what we need to remind ourselves of in life now and then. To remember that when we're in the thick of it, that over time, upsides will come from the downsides we're experiencing. In closing, whether or not you fly fish, I invite you to take some intentional time today and to sit by a stream, either in person or in your mind. And in your mind or in person, as you look at the stream, look at the spots where the water flows freely with no obstacles. Ponder the good things in your life and spend some time giving thanks for those times of ease and wonder and good things. And after a bit, however, in person or in your mind, take a look at the places where the water swirls and gathers in pools near rocks and bushes where tree limbs dip into the water where, they can, where you can get tangled up or hung up. Ponder what has been challenging in your life and think about the upsides that are part of who you are way down deep precisely because of the downsides you have gone through. And finally, as you leave such a stream today in person or in your mind, remember that regardless of what part of the river you happen to be in at the moment, the easy part 
or the hard part. Remember that the one who created the waters to begin with is always casting a line to catch you and to reel you into his boundless love. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do thank you for this day, but we also thank you for all the lessons learned in life that make us who we are, the best parts of who we are. And if we are in a tough time now, I pray that you give us strength and patience. And courage and what it is we need, not only to make it through, but to trust that upsides will follow at some point. I invite us now to take a few moments in silence and ponder both the good and the challenging times in life and who we are and where those qualities have come from and to pray to God about such things.